Well, they've used the R word, recession. Are you prepared? Would you make it through? We'll share some things to do now when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're with us today. We certainly appreciate you taking your time out and listening to the podcast. We want to remind you about the newsletter. We started a newsletter about a month ago, and we've had two editions out already. It's totally free. It's the Practical Prepping Podcast newsletter, and if you would like to subscribe, go to the website, www.practicalprepping.info, and click on Contact and send us a message and let us know that you would like to be signed up for the newsletter, and we will do that. We also want to thank you for beginning your Amazon shopping from our website banner. You go to the website, you find the Amazon banner, you click on that, sign into your account, and then just continue your regular Amazon shopping as usual. It does not cost you anything extra to support us that way, but through that, Amazon does pay us a small commission, and that helps to support our podcast. So thank you for doing that, and hey, keep doing that. And there's some other ways you can support the podcast as well. If you would like to go to the front page of the website, you will find several there. One is buy me a coffee. You can go there and buy us a cup of coffee and you know how we like our coffee Mm -hmm. and you can purchase one of our books as well. So we do appreciate the support and that helps to keep the podcast going. All right, let's talk about recession. That means going back. Yeah. Receding or recessional. Right. Now, when it comes to economic recession, it's a period of time in which economic activity, as it's measured by GDP, declines in two or more quarters. And I think in most recent history, a real full-on recession was back 2008, 2009. 2007 to 2009. Exactly. Correct. I remember we were owning businesses yes, at that and time. After 2010, we weren't owning businesses. Well, mine closed in 2012. Okay, I made well, it you, that far. You made it further than I did. Mm-hmm. Well, what recession really is, is it is a shrinking of the economy or a decline in the economy. Now, if the decline's 10% for two quarters, it's considered a depression. There are many factors in how a recession can be caused. A lot of it is the monetary policies, actual inflation, which we're in full-on inflation right now in the United States, the supply of money, and other factors which we as individuals cannot control. Now, they do expect the interest rates to continue rising as they do expect the inflation rate to continue rising throughout 2022. And, you know, the Fed is unlikely to reach their target of 2% inflation rate, which right now stands nearing double digit. You know, we are in an, oh, oh, absolutely. It was eight point something percent inflation when I looked at it today. And I went driving around town today and our gasoline prices now are in the $4.80 something cent 
area uh, as a norm, and that's very, very unusual. Yeah, for some of you, that you might wish for those. That's for true. some of you, but, our California friends would like to. See yeah, but prices. for us, that's extremely high. I mean, we were paying just over four dollars four ten. What two weeks ago? Yeah, it's changing daily. We're certainly in an economic slowdown, and the hope would be that there would be a soft landing. It doesn't look like a soft landing is likely, and it's more likely to be a recession. Now, what does that mean to us? That we need to be prepared personally in case there is a recession. See, we can't do anything about whether there is or not as far as affecting whether it happens or not. But we can do some things to be personally prepared for that in case it does. Let's take a break just for a moment for our sponsors. When we come back, we will share the 10 things that you can do now to be prepared for an oncoming recession. One of our longtime sponsors is ProLine Digital Group. If you have a business website, you want to be certain that it's up to peak performance, whether or not a recession comes. If your business doesn't have a web presence, you really, really need to get in touch with ProLine Digital Group. And if you're a small business and you don't use ProLine's digital lead service, you're leaving money on the table that could be going into your pocket. 15% of commerce is now online. Maybe it's time that you add online ordering to your website if you haven't already. ProLine Digital Group, you'll find them linked from our website as well as in our show notes. All right, let's talk about Jim Curtis Knives. Jim Curtis is a custom knife builder. Most of you are familiar with him. Now, Jim builds a knife that's as beautiful as it is functional. And there's two ways that you can purchase a Jim Curtis knife. You can design your own, choose your steel, choose your blade design, choose your handles, choose your sheath, and Jim will build it. And while he's building it, he'll stay in contact with you through the process to keep you up to date. Second way is that you can select one of his beautiful knives that he's already made. All Jim Curtis knives come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, two band-aids. Yes, they're really that sharp. Now take a look at Jim's work. You can see it on Facebook at Jim Curtis Knives. We also want to welcome a new sponsor this week, the Base Firearms Training System. Sean Rafferty designed the Base Firearms Training System after being a Marine, a government contract in the Middle East, and a federal protective agent protecting the Secretary of Commerce. And some other interesting things that involved carrying handguns. Sean has graciously offered, free of charge to our listeners, his Prepared Citizen Video Training Course. Just go to our website, www.practicalprepping.info, go to the Friends and Affiliates page, and you'll find that link. If you own or carry a firearm and haven't had formal training, you really need to check out the Base Firearms Training System. Even if you have, it's a great addition to your training. We are currently going through it, and it is solid. The Base Firearms Training System. Get it today. Use our website link and you'll receive a $50 discount because you're a listener to our podcast. Let's get back to our topic. 10 things you can do now to be prepared for a recession. Well, the first thing you can do is make a plan. Yeah, and you need to talk it over with everybody in the family. 
everybody that's mature enough to understand what we're talking about. Of course. So the family needs to be on the same page. They do. And I think keeping them informed is the is the way to go there. Older children, teens and tweens, they need to understand why there may be less spending going on for a while so we can spend when the necessity comes. The plan needs to include not only your expenses, but your income and the ways to increase the income. So what happens if a recession does come? What will we do? Discuss that as a family. Yeah, so many things that we talk about in prepping begin with making a plan. Exactly. Making a plan is just thinking through ahead of time so that when it gets here, if it gets here, we don't get caught off guard. And, you know, you can modify that plan as time goes through mm-hmm. it. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to sit and make some plan and stick to just this one day. You're going to have to modify that as the days go forward. Teaching disaster relief, you know, a lot of people used to say uh, you have to be flexible. I said you had to be fluid because flexible may be too stiff. Exactly right. Second thing you can do is reduce some of your expenses, which is so very important. Now, you might want to listen to episode number 231 from Wednesday when we did tips on saving money. And that is uh, cut some of that discretionary spending. You know what discretionary means. This is the money you have fun with. That's the $20 a year I get to keep? Yeah. (laughs) We're not talking about the food, clothing, and shelter budget, but, you know, we are talking about the eating out budget and the, you know, buying extra goodies and treats and toys budget. And at times, the clothing budget could come under discretionary if we have to get really, really tight with our budget. And I suppose what that means then is you really have to ask yourself, is what I'm about to purchase absolutely necessary? Yeah, because if it's not necessary, you really don't need to be buying it as we're preparing for and if we are going through a recession. Now, here's some things that you can do as well. Limit your driving by combining trips. You know, that's always been good advice, but particularly now because these rising gas prices have really thrown the fuel budget way out of whack. So don't get in the car and make one trip to one place to do one thing. You know, Mm -hmm. really think it through. Go to the dry cleaners, go to the grocery store, fill up with gas, go to the post office, pick up your kids from school. Try to do that, you know, in a combined trip. It really does make you money forward at that point. Yeah. And, you know, it's only about, what, four or five miles for us. Well, four miles, I think, for us to get to one of two major shopping areas that we could go to. Mm -hmm. And you start adding up four miles round trip. That's eight miles. And if you're getting 24 miles to the gallon, every three times you do that, you're burning a gallon of gas. Yes, that does add up. So you combine those trips and you can ask yourself, do I really need it today? Yeah. Can can it wait till I go get groceries? Exactly. You know, and speaking of groceries, you can order them online and now they're still doing a lot of delivery. So you can even limit that driving on your own and utilize a lot more free deliveries that are still going Mm -hmm. on or very, very low cost deliveries. I know of families that even combine their deliveries. If they live close enough to one another, they have everything delivered to whoever is at home at that hour, and then they divvy it up later on. Hmm. That's very useful. And you mentioned in the ProLine ad a while ago that 15% of commerce is done online now, and that's growing. I have a feeling it's actually more than that. Well, you very well may be right. 
Now, another thing on our food is limit going out to eat. And we've cut down on our going out to eat. Well, you may have noticed that the food prices have been affected at the restaurants, too. Oh, that they have. Yeah. And they didn't go up a small amount. They took a significant jump. They took a significant jump. So there's not even cheap fast food anymore. It doesn't mean that we don't go out to eat. We do from time to time. Mm -hmm. But we limit that and we go out to eat about, what, a third of what we used to? Something like that, maybe. And you do a lot more cooking at home. Mm-hmm. And we can also do brown bag lunches if we need to. You know, more and more people are taking their lunch to work or they have a refrigerator at their mm-hmm. office. They can keep food in a fridge or a freezer. Utilize those types of things. You know, when you really start adding it up, that's more money in your pocket. Yeah, I have a little small refrigerator freezer, one of the little college room size. Mm-hmm. And I have a microwave in my office. And so I keep some groceries, so to speak, there. Sure. I keep some canned goods, chili. I have chili there right now. I have some soups. I have some soup mixes. And so I can buy groceries at the grocery store, and I can have those for lunch for much less cost than I can go out to eat. A third thing you can do is make a budget. I know that there's that B word. (laughs) That's the word that none of us like to do. But what we need to do is know where every dollar will go before it goes. But Dave Ramsey says, give every dollar a name. Oh, wow. And what he really means is spend every dollar on paper before the income comes in. You know the paycheck is going to be this. And so we know that it is going to get spent for this, 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 and this. Ah. And the amounts. And we spend that entire paycheck on paper. Part of that is for different categories, and we're going to categorize those things in that budget. Now, the first thing is the necessities. This is the non-discretionary expenses. Yeah, this is the money you will have to spend in order to live your life. Yeah, the mortgage or the rent, the car payment, the loan payments, insurance payments, utilities, food. Now, when we're buying food, we need to be looking for those bargains. We need to look for those sales. Store brands, BOGOs, and bulk buys. When you're looking at medical, some of us have to have that medication. And from time to time, we have to do those doctor's visits. You might want to talk to your doctor about seeing if it's possible to have a generic of the medication that you are on Mm -hmm. to see if that is just as effective because there's tremendous savings to go to generic if that works for you. Yeah, each one of my medications is old enough that there is a generic and I'm able to do that. So thankful for that. Now let's talk about those discretionary funds for a moment. Sometimes we just have to tighten the financial belt. And sometimes we have to shift those discretionary funds Now, let's look at it like this. If we're going to cut back on our budget, if we're going to cut back on our spending, and we're going to spend less discretionary money, then we can put more of that money into savings and into food preps. That's true. I mean, so your money does need to work for you. Yes, and we're not saying that you don't enjoy some of your discretionary funds. Just be careful with it. Everybody needs a little bit of pocket money and even what Dave Ramsey calls blow money every once in a while. Just go out and blow it. As long as it doesn't take away from the necessities. Exactly. Right. One of the things that you want to do there is to save some money. 
but we'll cover that in a little bit. And we're not giving financial investment advice. We recommend that you consult your financial advisor, but there may be some things that you want to do or talk to your investment advisor about as far as the investments going into a recession. Yeah, that's more of your long-term financial plan. Definitely seek a professional for that. Yeah, and that might need to be a little bit different as we're going into a recession or if we're in a recession. Exactly. Now, you want to protect your income. That's the fourth thing you can do. Protect that income if possible. See, sometimes there are corporate cuts that you can't control. There could be shutdowns. I've seen whole plants shut down. There can be layoffs where they just lay off half of the labor force, and you can't do anything about that. But if you work for especially a smaller company or a company that can't let everybody go and just shut down, You want to make yourself the best employee you can be. Right. And you all would know what that would mean in your particular job. Mm -hmm. So be the model employee. If you were the boss, be the employee you'd want to hire. Come early. Stay late. Do the greater amount of work. Go the second mile, as they say. You know, the kind of values that our parents taught us to have, you know, do your best and then a little bit better is kind of the way I was raised. And when they say do your best, that really means bring your A game to work. Mm -hmm. Make yourself such a valuable employee that not only would your employer not want to send you packing, but you might be the one next up for the promotion or for a new uh, title of some sort. Or you, you never know what doors may open for you because you are demonstrating the willingness to be valuable. Yeah, what you want to do here is put yourself in the best position to not be cut if there are cuts. You know, I owned a business and I hired people and I also let them go. And I kept the the... The diamonds in the rough often came because I literally had to hire off the street. I had a retail business. There was no special training that was needed ahead of time to get a job in my store. I just needed somebody to come to work and somebody to work when they got there. Mm -hmm. And when I hired some people, I found out very quickly who was the deadwood and who were the ones on fire. Mm -hmm. And the deadwood got cut and burnt up in the fire. So you want to protect that income, but if possible, number five, you want to increase your income. And if you look around right now, there are hiring signs on every street, every corner, every business, everywhere I drive around, I see hiring signs, don't you? Yeah, but what we want to do is to find alternative ways to increase our income. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you may already be employed, but if you if you want to and can pick up a part-time job, you've got lots to choose from. Lots. For example, back when we needed to raise additional funds, Krista was a pianist for a church, mm-hmm. and you've done that a number of times, many times over your career. Mm-hmm. And she also could be a piano teacher and a voice teacher. And she's done all of those as ways to increase her income. Yeah, sometimes simultaneously. (laughs) Yeah, now mine was kind of sporadic, but I would paint a house here and there for extra income. And my dad taught me to paint many, many years ago. And what we started out doing was that we would paint a house to go fishing. 
we would go down to the coast every year and we would paint one or two houses to get the money to be able to go do the fishing that we wanted to do. You can get side hustles and side gigs. Sure you can. And there's all kinds of things out there. You can cut grass. You can be a handyman. You can do sewing. You can do babysitting, dog walking, personal shopper. You can do what you were talking about, get a part-time job as long as they are available. And with the way the job market seems to be going now with the talent pool, those will probably stick around for a while. I think so. And it it might not be what you want to do. And one of the reasons is we saw the job market talent pool stay home when they were getting paid to stay home. Yeah, the COVID lockdown sent a lot of people home and they're still there mm-hmm. because it it became somewhat profitable to not work. Oh, it could. And I know that you actually could have made a little bit more money there at one time staying home rather than working, but... We were raised with an ethic that you don't sit home and just draw what you can. Uh, you get out and work for it. Well, absolutely. And so that that determined that for us. I think you get out of life and your work and everything, what you put in. Mm-hmm. And if you're lazy and shiftless, yeah, I said it, then you can expect nothing in return. <laughs> so get out there and work, okay? <laughs> now, another thing you can do is have a yard sale. And we need to do that before too long around here. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of combined households. Well, I was thinking we could sell the yard and I wouldn't have to cut it. (laughs) Sell the yard to somebody else. Hire somebody else to cut the yard for you. That was, that'd be a good job for somebody. Well, that'd be nice, but that would be spending money when I can cut the grass. You know, a lot of people are using Facebook Marketplace they're using Craigslist or eBay, and they're finding that they can shed themselves of a lot of different things. I mean, there's literally anything you can find to sell in this kind of an online yard sale kind mm-hmm. of marketplace. Now, something that my first cousin did was he started a flea market booth. He went at this flea market sales a different way. He didn't load up all the stuff he had at home. He actually for several years, went to yard sales and to estate sales, and he continues to do that, and he has a number of those booths now, but he gets his inventory at those yard sales and estate sales. Right. It's kind of what we call like a silent seller, and a lot of people have probably been to these. It's kind of like an antique fair or a craft fair or, or a flea market booth. And there's booth after booth after booth, and they're numbered, and the items are in there, and they've got little sale tags, and then there's a main checkout cashier Mm -hmm. at the place. So you take your purchase, and then they know what tag belongs to which booth, and that's how the booth owner gets paid. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little arrangement. You know, you don't have to be there and physically sell the product. You're just displaying the product as best you know how, and then you're hoping somebody will buy your wares. Yeah, and and he does pretty well with that. Now, you can deliver pizza. Pizza drivers can make a pretty good bit of money in tips. Absolutely. Same thing with driving for Uber. You know, there's a lot of need for Uber. I was at at a place the other day getting an oil change for the car, and a gentleman and his daughter were dropping their car off to have more work done, and while they were there, he called an Uber. And, I mean, literally – 
Three minutes later, there was an Uber driver mm-hmm. for them. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's a great way to make money. We had a deputy in when I worked for another county that he did that on Friday night and Saturday night. That's the time to do it. And he said <laughs> on Friday night and Saturday night, and he would work about four or five hours each, he said he'd make around $300 driving. For you know, Uber. that's real cash. That really is. That's awesome. Which was pretty good on top of the retirement that he already had when yeah. he retired from the state and came to the county part time and mm. then drove Uber on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he, he was doing pretty well. Pretty smart. Something else you can do is learn a new skill. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what sort of skill to learn as far as picking up a part-time job? How about house painting? Okay, well, How there's about that. learning to run a weed eater, okay. a lawnmower? Right, okay, landscaping, kind of that whole yard Working work Working as a handyman with someone, learning to repair things. You know, maybe even learning to apprentice in the trades of some kind, like mm-hmm. you say, with plumbing or carpentry, contracting. Well, that would be looking to yeah. to change careers, and for Maybe. some of us, that would be a uphill change. I mean, you know, yeah. a great improvement. But you can learn a new skill that you can make money with. Just be creative with it. Be creative and figure out ways to increase your income, even if it's sporadic, like that yard sale. Yeah. If you can pick up a hundred or two dollars off of that yard sale, that's a hundred or two you did not have before. Absolutely. Number six, keep saving. Yeah, we had talked earlier on practical prepping about starting the emergency fund and then continuing it, uh, an actual cash reserve, so that you know an emergency could happen. Like you might have to buy a couple of tires recently, mm-hmm. like I had to. And uh, an emergency fund is very helpful when that sort of thing happens. Yeah, and if you have that in cash, then you have it available if the electronic system were to shut down and the ATMs didn't work for 24 hours. True. We saw that a number of months back where in parts of the country the ATMs didn't work there for an afternoon. And these stores would put a sign in the window, cash only. Mm-hmm. And only, and that, that affected a lot of people because people aren't used to carrying cash anymore. Yeah, and that's why we need to keep some on us at least enough to get home on or to eat on. And that might be the type of thing that you really devote yourself to, dedicate yourself to every paycheck or every form of income that you receive, a portion of that immediately goes to the emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And you can even hold your savings for right now to put that into the emergency fund because that is savings. And in a sense, it is. So you can divert what you might put into the bank. You can divert that into cash, but build that emergency fund and budget for those savings. What you were talking about right there, you can do that with a percentage of your income or with a fixed amount. Now, we do it both ways with my paycheck. In one situation, there is a percentage cut out to go into retirement. And in another, we have a flat amount cut out to go into a different type of almost like a 401k, but it's not. It's a deferred income. Mm -hmm. And so you can do that as either a percentage or a fixed amount, but stick to it as close as you can. Now, the good thing about me having it done payroll deductible I can't touch it. Right. I can't decide not to put it over there. But unless your budget is so tight that you can't save, 
Don't skip saving something each payday or each month. Even if you have to cut back, don't quit. Seventh thing that you can do is pay off your debt and don't incur more debt. Stop using that credit card unless you pay it off every month. For most of us, now is not the time to be buying cars and motorcycles and boats. Another thing is to not put your meals or vacations on credit cards. Now, I can just hear you right now. I hear what you're saying, but I get points. I get rewards. I get cash back. I get, I I hear you. I know about that Amazon card. I've got one. And that's fine if you pay it off every month. But if you do it just for the points and you don't pay it off every month. Yeah, you're going to be You're losing money. Well, the interest rate will really just eat you alive. Yeah, there's a reason they can afford to give you that cash back or those (laughs) points. Right, right. You're paying for it in the end either way. Yeah. Now, you don't want to get in over your head if a recession hits. So stop doing those things like using that credit card. You know, and I am someone who knows what it feels like to live without going on any kind of vacation. And although I don't recommend it, I'm here to tell you that I survived, and I know you can too. Some people feel much more entitled to their vacation than any other thing they think about. They actually put more time and planning into these two weeks a year than in any other aspect of their lives. And it may be a little upside down. So here's here's my advice to you. Do with it as you wish. Either cancel your vacation 100% or modify it. Go ahead and have some leisure time. But you don't, you know, you may not necessarily need to spend $10,000 on a one-week trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. If, if you really know that you're swimming and drowning in debt, 10 grand vacation is just not a great idea, in my opinion. I mean, I can't tell you how to live, but I can tell you that if that's the track that you're on, you are headed for the cliff. Yeah, and you're just racking up that debt, and you're going to get in over your head if a recession hits. So stop doing that. Maybe you put the vacation off for a year. Save up for it downgrade the vacation instead of doing that $10,000 two week or week long. Maybe you do a $500 three day. Yeah. Or just take some day trips. You don't even have to leave home. Exactly. Or what they call a staycation. You you take your time Mm -hmm. off and you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about putting it off a year. Uh, I mentioned to Krista the other day that to plan on a long vacation, plan on a long trip, Two years or a year and a half from now. And so it won't be this summer, but it'll be next summer. So that's not exactly a year and a half. That's it's coming up. About 13 yeah. months. Yeah. See, I think you said that several months ago, but it's almost June now. Yeah. So we're talking about maybe July of next year taking a two week vacation. And I think that will be my first ever two week vacation that was not a, mi- a mission trip. <laughs> Mine too. So we're looking forward to that. We've actually talked about this particular trip for about five years or, well, how long we've been married? Seven. Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking about it since we've been married. And we've put it off because, quite honestly, we just couldn't afford it. We couldn't fit that into the budget at that point in time. And so we're saving up, and we should be able to do that next year. But you might need to put off buying the car 
or the toys, if at all possible. And by toys, I mean the wave runners, the boats, the motorcycles, the dirt bikes, things like that. So another thing is to pay off the high interest loans. If you have a buy here, pay here car loan, get that booger paid off as quickly as you can. Yeah. A lot of those things, if you read that contract very close, if you go past about 10 days past when the payment is due, they can repossess that thing. Or they can jack the interest up just. Mm-hmm. Well, it's already pretty high. 30%. It's you know? already pretty high. And same thing with credit cards. Pay those off as quickly as you can. A friend of mine one time. We were young and got our first credit card, and I think we had a $200 credit limit, and he went and bought $200 worth of clothes, and he paid the minimum payment, and he realized at the end of about a year with that minimal payment, he still owed like $175, Yeah, and so he understood then the interest on credit cards and why they were so willing to give it to you, and oh, he got sure. that paid off. But after you do that, and in paying off these bills, you can do what is called a snowball. And Dave Ramsey says you pay the minimums on all of the debts that you have except the smallest. And you pay as much as you can on it. And you do that each month till you have that one paid off. And then you keep setting that amount of money aside and you add that to the minimum of the next highest. So you just keep rolling it over. Rolling it over. uh And so when you get to paying off the last one, you're paying off the minimum. You're paying off exactly the amount that you were paying total at the beginning of the snowball, Mm -hmm. but you're now paying it all on one debt. Exactly. And even if you can add even a small amount of extra payment from time to time to go to the principal of Mm -hmm. what you owe, that pulls a lot of your debt down too because you won't be paying interest on that a lot of times you're paying interest up front anyway on a lot of these credit cards and loans the amount that you owe the the minimum that you're paying all of that goes to interest it's not even paying the principal yeah if if you're paying a 50 dollar minimum payment probably 47 of that 45, 47, 48. So that's is, why is you're, that's why debt keeps ballooning. Exactly. You're, you're, it's like a ball rolling down the street. You're chasing it, but you'll never catch it. You know, so you've got to find a new strategy for that. So pay off that debt and don't incur more debt. Number eight on our top 10 list of what to do in a recession is to increase the food preps of what you normally eat. If you increase these food stores coming into a recession or getting prepared for a recession, then if you do suffer a job loss, you've got less pressure to feed the family. Exactly. I mean, that too many people are living with one or two days total of food in the house. Mm-hmm. And they may be the very ones that find out that they're going to get a pink slip next week and the the prospects for a job, even though a lot of places are hiring, uh, a real career might be harder to find. Mm -hmm. Although you may have to go work sweeping a floor or cleaning a house or whatever it is to get some food on the table. But yeah, your food preps can really help here. Now, here's the thing about practical prepping. As a practical prepper, If you have a cataclysmic financial catastrophe with a job loss or prolonged illness or another lockdown or who knows what's going to happen, 
You must use your preps. Use your prep food because it's there for a reason. And your SHTF may happen when you lose a job. Yeah, we did this with our food stores when we cut from two incomes to one income there at one time. And though we weren't down to where we couldn't go to the grocery store, it really took a lot of pressure off. And and we went several months of utilizing those food preps along with what we purchased. But it really took a lot of pressure off because you could have that job loss. You could have those decreased wages. We saw this a lot of times with hours being cut back. Yeah, a lot of people didn't lose their jobs, but yeah, their paychecks got diminished very, very severely. Yeah, the the hours get cut back, and one of the things they can do is if you're below a certain number of hours, they don't have to pay benefits. Exactly. You're considered part-time. So just look at things like that. Now, we've been seeing inflation, so the money you spend this week on food is worth more than you would have spent it a month from now. And the supply chain is still an issue. Yes, it is. So increase those food preps of what you normally eat. Now, this is not the time to be going buying boxes of 25-year food, and that's not what we want to be doing right at this point. We want to be putting on the shelf the things that we can normally eat if we are doing this in preparation of the possibility of a recession. Mm -hmm. And when we come out of recession, go ahead and build up your preps again. That's what Mm -hmm. we did. Number nine, find no cost or low cost activities rather than paying for entertainment. You know, I've actually gotten online like a Google or, or DuckDuckGo and I have Googled, what can we do in this town for free? Mm -hmm. And boy, there's there's a a lot lot of of stuff you can do for free. There's a military museum over here that you can make a donation of whatever you want to make. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not charging you ten dollars if if all you can donate is a dollar. That's fine. If you can donate a hundred, that's fine. But you can go for free if you really, really want to. There's a lot of parks mm-hmm. where you can go. You can pack a picnic basket and go have your nice a nice afternoon somewhere. And if you don't have the gas to drive, you can make PB and J, and you and the kids can have a Picnic in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Find There's a, a lot of things to do. Creek banks are out there. Uh, nature trails. There's all kinds of greenways and nature trails. Mm-hmm. Go out and walk. Take the bike. Take the dog. There's just dozens and dozens of things you can go see. There's art exhibits that are free. There are Sometimes there are certain museums in town that have a free day or something mm-hmm. like that. So utilize that because... These places that are out there, they know that times are hard right now, and they want the traffic to come to the parks and the museums. So they're going to find ways to make that very affordable for you. And they want people to come that don't normally come. Mm -hmm. For example, this weekend, the art museum in Huntsville, Alabama is free. There you go. So, And they can really be great places to visit. Don't, don't be bored. I mean, an art museum can be a very exciting place to go or mm-hmm. a natural history museum. So okay. there's just so many things to do that you can find no cost or low cost things to do. And there's always that go to the mall, sit on the bench and watch people. <laughs> well, I don't know. That would bore me to, to tears. But maybe well, I love to watch yeah. people or, or find a new hobby, mm-hmm. maybe find a new interest. Something that 
you can devote some time to and maybe a very small amount of money, but it might pay off in a, a feeling of, of accomplishment, a reward in of, of itself, mm-hmm. of just doing something beneficial and positive and maybe stretch you a little bit, maybe learn a new language or meet new people, that sort of thing. Or even play board games or card games. Yeah. There's just bring game night back. Yeah. There you know, there's some a few families that still do that. They yeah. have once a week they have game night. And I'll tell you something else. It's kind of a money saving idea in a sense. It's really a stress saving idea that some families, their church group or their neighborhoods have gotten together and they've talked about it and they've formed their own own supper club. Now, what's fun about that is each family is responsible for dinner on a particular night. And it might, it doesn't have to be every night of the week, and it might even be two or three times a month, but each family kind of signs on and says, okay, I'm going to make dinner on this night for this many people and invites whoever. And they can share that. And so all of these families know that they're off the hook for some really great food and they they have increased their friendships and their relationships have blossomed because of this type of sharing and they have the children are learning table manners and learning how to share and how to behave themselves just from a supper club and mm-hmm. I said that is a tremendous idea that really is the number 10 do not live in fear exactly 365 times scripture says in some iteration, do not fear, do not be afraid, fear not, or be not anxious. But 365 times scripture says that. I wonder if that's a coincidental number. Well, it just happens to be the number of days in our calendar year, something that was not known in in man's ways back then, but certainly the Lord knew. Yeah, and I think the Lord put it in 365 times for a reason. He does not want us to fear. In fact, Scripture says he has not given us a spirit of fear, and that fear is not from him. Right. So prepping can relieve a lot of that anxiety and fear that might come when you're concerned about your financial future. So when you have food and water stored, you know that you can eat and drink. When you've got money saved, you know that you can pay your bills. When you've made a plan and when you have discussed things with your family so that you can work together on saving money and wisely spending the money that needs to be spent, you're going to be teaching good values to your children to help them learn how to save and help them learn how to determine how their money should be spent. Make good stewards of your kids as well. So model that for them and uh, praise your kids when they have shared or have uh, hand-me-down clothes and not complained about it. Those types of things can be real recession busters. We don't want recession to win. A recession is going to happen. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. And it might happen in the coming months. So now is the time to uh, set that plan in place and go forward with it. And then when it does happen, you already know about it. Eyes open, fully awake. And you can just coast right through. And so that's the way it's going to be. So we want you to understand and and utilize the 10 ways that you can help beat the recession. And you know why? Because stuff does happen. 
and you need to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.